What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number nine of the Courageously Confident Podcast. Today, I have April with me from Smalletics. She is on Instagram at Smalletics. You can definitely go stalk her, and you're definitely going to want to stalk her after this conversation. We talked about everything from you know being a petite woman to feeling strong, confidence, how to just take action in your life and stop holding your, yourself back from you know a soul sucking job or position that you're in. April is so amazing, and you're going to fall in love with her after this episode. I hope you guys love it. All right, April, I am so excited to chat with you today, and I know a lot of my listeners and followers are going to love this conversation and get to know you a little bit more. So, why don't you? Go ahead and introduce yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Awesome stuff. Thanks so much. Really excited to be here. So my name is April. I run um, an Instagram and a company called Smalletics. I help petite women or women five foot four and shorter. That's sort of the fashion industry's definition of petite. I help them get in shape, become really strong and learn to see their height as an advantage and just feel really confident Something I help coach, something I really emphasize is just that height is a feeling and anyone can feel tall and you can really gain confidence in the gym. And that's kind of where it all starts with our health and strength inside the gym. Amazing. So I think it's so cool and so different that you really aim towards short women. Now I know in your Instagram bio, you said you're five one, you're short. I'm, I'm short too. I'm five one, five two, somewhere. Oh, in cool. There. Yeah. And is, is that where it started? Because you're a short woman, you thought, hey, let's like, I want to help women who are petite and maybe don't feel strong and confident because they're not taller. Is that where it stemmed from you yourself having that experience? Sort of, but it actually has a lot of science um, that kind of backs it. What, ha- what ended up happening was many years ago, I had, I've been an athlete for 18 years in the sport of fencing at a very um, international competitive level. And for so many years, even though I was a top athlete, I never felt like I looked like an athlete. Like my body was just not what you see on the cover of sports magazines. And I had some extra fat in my belly. And I just, I never felt, even though I was, I was really good at the sport and I still am, I just never felt like I looked the part. And this was an insecurity that I was dealing with. And so I would do extra workouts on the side of my fencing training, sometimes twice a day, definitely was overworking out. I tried all the popular programs out there and none of them really did anything for me. So I ended up over the years sort of finding this program that worked for me really well just by kind of adapting everything I had learned from different places, from working with professional coaches and programs. And I had put together this program that suddenly just fit me perfectly. I lost a lot of fat. I had a total body recomposition. Everything clicked for me. And I one day I was sitting and I was like, why does this program? Why did this work so well for me? What, what is different about me? And I just had this idea, like maybe my height was playing a role in my fitness. And so I have a background in the sciences. I used to be a pharmaceutical copywriter. So I read clinical studies a lot. I know how to look at P values and everything in the studies. So I ended up researching height and metabolism to see if they were linked. And it turns out that height actually is linked with metabolism. It it's influences metabolism. So shorter women have slower metabolisms. And it totally made sense then at that moment that I had developed this program that could help other women. So I started, that's where it started. 
Wow, that is so, so interesting. So could you maybe give a little example or overview of what this program is and why it tailors so specifically and works for shorter women? Yes, I'd love to. So the program is very metabolically demanding. Um, it involves a lot of strength training, and that's obviously because when you start strength training, you gain lean muscle tissue, and that helps boost your metabolism because it just costs. It takes more energy to maintain muscle. So it's focused on building strength and then also losing fat through some higher intensity movements. Some days are dedicated to circuit days. There is a principal strength training program in it that progresses and kind of helps you grow strength over the three months. Um, but there's also a lot of variety in terms of the other exercises. So it's really structured to help boost the metabolism instead of being, for example, like a bodybuilding program, which is going to be like straight, like building muscle, isolating, isolating certain muscle groups. This is all about compound movements, really getting your whole body involved. Um, and it's also very health focused and confidence focused. I love that. And, and yeah, it's so true. Um, when you focus on compound movements and strength and building muscle, along with adding that component of hit, that's really the, the recipe for boosting your metabolism, building muscle, burning fat. And I love that you bring into it just feeling really confident, feeling strong. And as a smaller or shorter woman, that's really empowering. So I love that you add that kind of to the recipe of not just fitness, working out, but feeling a certain way. So that's really, really incredible. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. And I think that was also just in my sport. So in fencing, it's, you know, kind of like sword fighting. Uh, it's combat sport. Ever since I was a little girl, I had, I discovered that I didn't really know I was short. I kind of discovered I was short when I was fencing. When I was about 10 years old, I came up against this opponent who was very tall I was going up against much older opponents, like 18-year-olds, because of my skill level, and they were laughing at me, making fun of my height. I just felt so discouraged and angry. I remember I just couldn't process. I mean, I was 10 or 9 or 10 is hard to think that someone would judge you based on something so silly as your height, but people do. They make judgments about the way you look, unfortunately. And I remember my coach came up to me, and he said, don't you worry about what they're, you know, what they're saying. You need to go out there, play them, do your best, show them, you know, that you're great through your skill set. And he was like, after you're going to shake their hand, be respectful to them, um, you know, respect your opponent. And that's when I, I really just learned that inner strength at a young age about that my height doesn't matter, that I can do anything I want. I can feel really tall, even if I'm not. And I'm not going to have an ego about it either. You know, you have to still respect people and that helps them see too that they shouldn't underestimate you. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You said I didn't realize I was short until when, and it's funny. I remember when I realized I was short, it's like when you hit puberty kind of, and you stop growing Yeah. <laughs> and I was like grade five or six or I don't know. And I'm like, everyone is still getting taller and I'm not, I, know. <laughs> I think I realized I am short and I didn't make the connection that my mom is five feet tall. Right. So I'm like, okay, this makes sense that I'm short. That's really, really funny. I know. Yeah. Out of curiosity. So you're being five, one or whatever claim short. Do you still deal with those insecurities today? Or have you learned from that young age, carrying that with you, like being like kind of boss, babe, entrepreneur, coach, you stand calling tall and own that confidence um, do you still own that or do you still have moments of insecurity when it comes to your height or maybe just your body in general? 
In terms of my height, I don't feel insecure about that at all. Um, I even, I, there's times where my height is very, I'm very aware that I'm the shortest person in the room, especially when I worked in corporate America in Manhattan. I was, you know, always wearing heels to try to uh, keep up with not just the tall men, but taller women that are wearing heels on top of their height. Um, that was when it was always really apparent to me. And I knew that I maybe needed to speak up louder and you really have to kind of assert yourself a little bit more. Um, but I didn't feel insecure about it. In terms of my body, absolutely. I mean, everyone has good and bad body days, even fitness models, even people who you know look like they wouldn't ever feel bad about themselves. Um, I definitely go back and forth between um, feeling really great and, you know, having days where you wake up and think, oh, maybe I should, you know, be a little leaner or something. But I don't feel that often. It's very, it's kind of if I've exposed myself to too much social media or I've just got my head in the wrong mentality that morning that I would go down that road. The rest of the days, I'm so focused on my health and my strength and what my body can do because that's really my, that's my mode. Even since a young age, like with fencing, it was always about um, you know, it's the person with the better skill set, the smarter person, the more athletic person, the person who's going to win is more prepared. Um, and so I always focused on what my body could do rather than what it looked like. So I still, I'm lucky in that sense of young age, I've always focused on that action and that capability in my body rather than its appearance. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's of course, insecurity is never, it's never going to be completely gone. It's something we always have to check in with ourselves on. Yeah. I'm so in line with you on that. That's something like when you said even bikini competitors, even fitness models, you know, we all have insecurities. And I think as both personal trainers and in the online community, it's so important for us to express that because there may be people looking at our page and think like she has the quote unquote perfect body or she looks so good, but it's so important for us all to remember, like we all have insecurities no matter what we look like. And I think that's part of, you know, social media and just today's online space. We're always scrolling. We're always looking we're always comparing ourselves to other people. And we, even as personal trainers, even though people might think, oh, you're body positive or feel good in your body all the time. It's not necessarily true. And yeah. I love that you were talking about, it's a feeling like for me, if I have a bad body image day, it's usually if I'm stressed about, I don't know, something else in my life. So I really recognize okay, why do I feel bad about my body today? What is going on? And for me, it, I definitely find that it's because it's other stressor, stressors and then I just like for some reason put it towards my body. So it's cool to recognize that. Um, and uh, I just yeah. wish like all women or all girls grew up how you did in a sense of your skill set feeling strong, feeling good. It's about what you can do. It's about how your body feels and not how it looks because yeah. I, I don't know about you. I often worry for the younger generation growing up now um, earlier and earlier with cell phones and social media, seeing people online and then comparing. So do you think it's like, it's about now changing with the times, like let's adapt and teach children how to be resilient when it comes to social media. Or do you think maybe it's a mixture of both? We need to instill more like sports things are feeling good, like what your body can do and, you know, feeling strong and not, you know, being a certain weight or height. I don't know. It's just kind of this weird thing that I worry for, for really young girls and not everyone is, I don't want to say lucky, but just doesn't grow up doing a sport to encompass that strength and skill like you did, which is amazing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so blessed to have had that opportunity. And I, it's become even more apparent just in coaching my clients how not everyone grows up with that influence, that good influence. Um, yeah, I've, I've thought about this too in terms of, you know, like later in, down the line having kids, if I had a girl, what is this social media world going to be like? I think that, and also sports might not be the only path to seeing mm-hmm. your body as strong. There's a lot of, I think, potential ways that you can build confidence. Um, and not every kid is going to want to, or not every younger person is going to want to work out in the gym. Um, however, it has so many health benefits, obviously, besides, of course, besides just fitting in or looking good or anything. But yeah, for, for people who aren't um, going to be seeing their body as strong at a young age, I think social media is going to be, it's going to be, ugh, I don't know, it's hard to imagine, honestly, <laughs> like yeah. based on where it is now, where it's going to go, it does scare me too. Yeah. And it's something like, I, I think about a lot and I don't know the answer. I don't know what mm-hmm. it's going to be like. I really don't know what it feels like for kids now. Right. Um, it is just, I think, a good conversation to have or at least a thought to have because it's something that we're dealing with and I believe we're going to be dealing with for a long time. Um, yeah, and I love that you said, you know, because I was not in gym class. Like, I hated sports. I'm not athletic still to this day, (laughs) but that didn't help my self-esteem growing up because in school, at least when I was in, you know, elementary school, it was cool to be really good at sports and really like, like thrive in gym class. And that wasn't me. And that really hindered my self-esteem growing up because in an indirect way I was taught, Oh, if you're good at sports, you're just more attractive and you're better and all these things that I didn't have that feeling. So what are some things if, you know, if you're just yeah. not that person who likes sports and that's fine, how can we find confidence and strength within our bodies without having to be good at a physical activity? Yeah. And I love that because as you probably know, fencing is a pretty fringe sport and not that many people even know what it entails. And they also don't think it's very athletic. So I wasn't even cool, even though I was (laughs) doing this at a world-class level, people were like fencing, what is that? So I didn't even get the cool, like free pass. Um, but yeah, I actually have, I, I coached some young athletes and they're very, one of them the other day said something uh, regarding this that was so wise. He had said to me that, and he's 16, He said, you know, I think cool these days is when you just do whatever you want, like just do what you want. It's not even about like what everyone else is doing. And I was like, you know what? That makes so much sense. And it's so cool that someone who's younger could recognize that confidence can come just from the decision to do what feels good for you. And when you act on that, your, your own desire, what you want to do, whether it's what classes you want to take or whatever it is, if you're making the decision and then you follow through with that desire, you're building your confidence just right there because you're saying you don't care about other people's approval and you're doing what you want to do to make yourself happy. Wow. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think that's so important to, you know, show kids and and talk about and be examples, you know, as adults, um, it's not about what everyone else is doing. It's about what you choose to do what makes you happy, what makes you feel good and thrive no matter what it is. And that's how you instill confidence in yourself. I believe confidence is obviously a feeling, but when you're confident in your daily life and what you're doing, you're just naturally more confident in your body. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical activity. It could be anything that just makes you thrive and feel incredible. So I think, yeah, you don't have to be the, you know, the most athletic kid or, you know, the best at sports or all these things, but 
obviously, you know, we're both personal trainers. We, we know that activity, no matter what it is, boosts your mood, helps with um, body image and confidence, all those things. But you don't need to be the star athlete in anything. You just have to feel good. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell me and everyone listening more how you got into what you do now, personal training, who, who obviously you help short women, um, Mm -hmm. but how you got into that, maybe what you were doing before this, that, and how you, or what it took for you to step into this kind of entrepreneurship coaching land. Yes. So like I said, I had just developed this program sort of on accident and realized that it might also help other women. And my whole life, I always had this little feeling. It was not even little, but it was, it was a faint feeling because with your intuition, I really believe you have to develop. It only becomes louder the more you listen to it. So if you don't listen to your intuition, it becomes muffled. So at the time it was pretty muffled, but I knew my whole life that I wanted to help women in some way. When I grew up, I had no idea how I sometimes thought that it would be through a non-for-profit and fencing Um, it ended up becoming smallletics kind of organically. But so I had this program and I decided the next steps were were to test it on a group of 20 women. So I started my Instagram, I posted some content, and then I started asking women if they wanted to test out a program that was designed for them. And I spent a few months coaching them. Um, At the time I was studying for my personal training certification, but I still had a full-time job in pharmaceutical copywriting in Manhattan. And these women had incredible transformations inside and out. I met a few of them in person. It was so cool. It was just so cool connecting with them and learning. It was a huge learning experience for me because suddenly I learned that all of these petite women and I share these problems that we just didn't even know we had in common just based off of our height, life experiences, insecurities, you know, confidence, feeling small. And then of course our metabolisms and nutrition and exercising also, even just going to the gym, how much, how intimidating it is to pick up weights when you're the smallest person lifting weights. Like there's so many things to, barriers to get over. So I, I really wanted to take this concept further and I wasn't sure how I was, this was a year and a half ago and I just decided to keep pursuing it. I got my certification and I was working at a company where I was very comfortable. I didn't love my life. I didn't love my job. I, it was hard because I was fencing basically twice a day before work and after. I was traveling on the weekends for World Cups um, and I was working full-time a job that I just really didn't enjoy. And um, what happened was I made a jump into a new company and when I got there, the company was not set up very well. It was running inefficiently and it was a very tough position for me to be in. And that was my awakening moment where I was sort of like, I can't do this anymore. And if I had stayed at the other company where I was just comfortable, but unhappy, I probably would still be there. I'm not even sure because I just take it, getting out of my comfort zone and just being, being so unhappy with the current situation. That was when I just saw no other option. I could not continue. That was, I just wasn't aligned. It was just, it was, and it sounds like a beautiful moment, but it was actually very painful. I was had so much anxiety. I knew I wasn't doing, fulfilling my life purpose. And I basically made a plan that was, I was going to quit my job and start training people and bring smalletics to a bigger audience. So um, I saved up for a month and then I quit my job and I just jumped right into 
the fitness world, which luckily was nearby because I had been doing athletics for so long. So I had some friends who were trainers and I did a six month apprenticeship with two master trainers in New York city to help me apply some of the concepts that I learned in my certification, but in real life. And after that six months, I, I had already done a lot on, on social media and I started to build this community. So it's just kind of taken off since then. Wow. Yeah. I think for anyone when you, whether you want to go into like the entrepreneurship world or just you, you feel stuck in a job sometimes and it's soul sucking and you're not happy. And I think so many women, I see so many women settle because it's just safe, right? It's safe. It's comfortable. It's fine. But really every day you're dreading going to work and it might, it is scary. Like you said, you wish it could be this happy moment, but I totally feel you because what happened to me, I was let go from my job. I think it was a blessing in disguise, but it's a scary as fuck moment because you're like, and I had the same feeling as you. Like when I was younger, I always felt like I was new or I was meant for this deeper purpose for helping people, but I didn't know what the heck that was. And I think everything happens for a reason as cliche as that sounds, you know, we go through these experiences. I grew up thinking, okay, I'll work this nine to five job and just pay my bills and live my life. And then I realized as I got older, I'm meant for more. And I think that's kind of what you went through too. But so many women today, whether they want to be a coach or an entrepreneur or just get out of a soul sucking job, what would you say to them to overcome that fear? Because it is hard. It feels safe. And then you don't know what's to come, right? It's like that unknown, but you know, in your heart and soul, you're not meant to be there. So What could you say to someone who just is not happy, feels like they need to get out, but they're way too scared? Like what, what could you, what advice could you give them to just jump and trust your intuition? Cause that's really hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm not sure any piece of advice. I'm thinking about giving my advice to myself back then. Mm. I'm not sure any piece of advice could have made me take the leap, but the biggest things would probably be to become more self-aware that you're comfortable where you are, but unhappy. Mm. Comfort is not always a good thing. And I think, yeah, just becoming aware of that, like just, yeah, the daily comfort of what you're doing. And if you're just used to it and if it's just easy and you're not learning anymore, if you've stopped, if you're not on a learning curve anymore and you enjoy learning, then that's a problem. And you have to find how you're going to get to that next level. And the entrepreneurship life is not for everyone. So it's definitely not always the answer to quit your job, but maybe you need to ask for more responsibility at your work, or maybe you have to get to that next level. Um, or maybe it's just in your own head and you need to get to that next level mentally and maybe to seek out help with a therapist or a coach or something. I think asking for help is huge. And Mm -hmm. when I quit my job, I, I did have to ask for help in terms of, um, I just emotionally with my boyfriend, there were so many people I leaned on. I'm so grateful I had them. Um, So yeah, I think just becoming as self-aware as possible, writing down your thoughts, just seeing these patterns, feeling if you're feeling like time is just passing and nothing is really, you're not changing anymore. I think that self-awareness is just a huge catalyst for change. Yes. And I love that self-awareness is something I've learned obviously over the years. And it's something that I instill in my clients because we, I feel like we get just so 
just so in, in our normal life, like in our routine that it feels like not, you're, like you said, you're not thriving anymore. You're not learning. And I think that's something that I think all humans need to feel it's like we're constantly learning and evolving. That's something that just makes us feel good. So once you feel kind of stale, maybe it's a sign to say, maybe not necessarily quit, but okay, should I look for a higher position or take on more tasks or things like that? And a lot of women ask me like, well, I really want to get into this field or get this job, but I, I don't know how. It's almost like they're just waiting for it to fall into their lap. And I always mm -hmm. say, like, get out there and ask. Nothing will hurt if you don't ask. Like, put yourself out there. And that's something I think women are afraid to do because we don't mm -hmm. want to get rejected. We don't want to get turned down, all these things. So being self-aware, like you said, and also not being afraid to ask for more. Ask for what you want and don't be afraid to get help, which is huge. Yes. That's so big. Even with um, and my old my old coworkers, I had a lot of friends who were so afraid of asking for a raise or whatever. And that yeah, that's scary. But you're right. There, no one ever got fired for asking for a raise. You, I mean, very rarely. I'm. I mean, there's probably been someone, but probably not. You know, <laughs> and, it's and not. I think I think your boss or whoever will appreciate that you yeah. want to do more than just what you're doing now. So it almost looks more respectful if you put yourself out there as scary and ri as risky as it may feel. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, um, I totally agree. I'm curious. So when you decided to like quit your job, do something more fulfilling, you said obviously it wasn't easy. What, what has been within this year and a half year, the hardest part of this whole journey stepping out on your own? Um, that's a really tough question. The hardest part, probably the learning curve. I, the thing is, I, the hardest part has also been the part I've enjoyed the most. Um, I, I really like a good challenge and, but it's also frustrating on some days. Entrepreneur life is tough because you're always trying to figure out what you don't know and you don't have anyone to tell you what you don't know. So you're constantly absorbing information, trying to figure out how you can better serve your community and, in so many aspects in business and fitness and health and nutrition, there's so many different fields that you have to know a lot about. So when I was first getting into it, I, I knew that there was so much I didn't know. And that was very overwhelming for me because I wasn't even sure, okay, what do I put first? But for me, whenever I get overwhelmed with something, what I do is I just think, what is the next immediate step that I need to take? Like the one that happens next, not 10 steps from now. And I write that one down and, you know, just making those steps up to, just looking out and making a plan um, because everything can become super overwhelming if you're not breaking it down into little manageable goals, little bits. Um, instead yeah. of having a lofty goal, like you want to reach some position or get some huge job, everyone who's ever gotten to some point, those that journey gets broken down into so many little steps and you have to really look at what you do on the micro level to get to that macro level. Yes. It's one thing at a time, one step at a time, one day at a time, one client at a time, one thing. And I love that you say, you know, as a coach or entrepreneur, you're not just, you know, a personal trainer. You're trying to figure out social media, branding, marketing, um, like finances, like there's a million things. Mm -hmm. So I totally feel you on that. And also it can feel very lonely. Yes. Because if people that in your family or friends, immediate people in your life aren't doing what you do, they don't truly understand it. So it can even be hard to explain to people how you're feeling, what you're going through. I'm wondering how, if you felt that loneliness ever and, and maybe how you deal with that. It sounds like you have a really good support system, like you said. 
Yeah, I'm so lucky. My parents loved the idea and they really, they've always believed in me. I'm just so grateful for them. My mom has always been my biggest fan in fencing and everything and my dad too and my sister um, and my boyfriend. So those are really my support system. Um, They supported me. They thought the idea was great. They thought that I would be the right person to take it somewhere. And they knew I was unhappy for so many years in pharmaceuticals, even though I was really good at my job. You can't just do something because you're good at it. You also Mm -hmm. have to be fulfilled. So, um, but yeah, that doesn't mean I wasn't lonely. I'm even still lonely. It's you spend a lot of hours alone working on a lot of different things. And my biggest struggle, this would probably be following up on the question you just asked, was also finding a mentor Mm -hmm. that really understands my business, but also has the right skill set for where I want to be. Um, I didn't have a mentor when I first quit my job. I just had the support system, which is more than enough. But um, what I ended up doing was I surrounded myself with content on the internet that could fill that void for me. So that was um, podcasts, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or whoever it is, those big names who are telling you, you can do it. um, And here's how I listened to a lot of podcasters who were people who are millions of steps ahead of me where I want to be when I'm their age. And I just started consuming their content so that I could feel like I was in some kind of social bubble with them. And maybe things were more attainable. If the, you know, the more you consume content that's helpful for you, the more you feel like, okay, I can do this and step into this role and you start actually behaving and taking on those attributes. So to fill that loneliness gap, I was using a lot of free online resources. um, And eventually I started networking a lot more in the city and I'm still working on it, but I now have, um, I have much more help in terms of mentorship and I found a network of other young female entrepreneurs. Um, but that's still, it's still a struggle. It still requires a lot of work. So yes. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I was the same way. And I, I need to fill my, my online space You know, my Facebook, my Instagram is full of, you know, people who understand kind of the business and the journey of entrepreneurship, whether they're a personal trainer or whatever kind of coach. So it's really amazing. And I'm a big Gary Vee fan too. I, yeah. I'll put, you know, his podcast or even YouTube videos on every morning because it just, it fires me up and to hear yeah. someone who really gets it and, and just, it feeds my soul. So, so I love that, you know, you found kind of that network both online and both in your community, which I think is, is huge. And you know, for me, I live in a small city, right? So there's not a lot of, sure, there's small businesses and entrepreneurs, but it's different than what I do in the online space. So it took a while for me to find people, like a team of people. I have, you know, people that help me with content and, and stuff and even small businesses um, in the area. It's just really nice to connect with them because they they get it. They get the loneliness. They get the struggle. They get the the feelings that we all kind of go through in the roller coaster ride. So it's so important, I think, no matter what you do to find a community of people who get it, who are supportive. And I love that you said that our levels up, like levels and levels beyond where you're at. Cause you need that to, to grow, right? If we just surround ourselves with people who are at the same level for lack of better term, maybe we're not getting inspired or motivated to grow. So that's huge, you know, to have mentors and follow people who have maybe been in the industry longer or steps ahead, maybe where you want to be to see how you can grow. So that's, that's really, really amazing. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said about the local level too, it's, it's funny how people think things are far away or out of reach. But if you, um, if you just tell people in your neighborhood, what you do, you'll end up finding so many connections. I ended up joining a, um, a circuit training. Um, it's a hit circuit training group, um, 
fitness studio that's down the street from me in Williamsburg, Brooklyn called Session. And I work there once a week. And even though it's not a lot, it's connected me and tied me down to the community in a really, really valuable way. And also they're all entrepreneurs and hustlers there. So I was able to find a lot of new friends through local as well. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and something I found myself was I thought, okay, there's, I just had like the limiting belief, like no one is in my area is going to get this. I this just was my mindset until I actually kind of just went out there and I found the people that I was craving and they are there. Um, yeah. You just have to go and find that. And I think a lot of people might feel lonely or I see a lot of people say, I, I must, you know, move away from my hometown and, and sure that's fine if you want to. And there's opportunities everywhere. But I think that we always maybe go searching in other locations when the magic might be right where you are. You just have to find it or create it. Yeah. Creating it is huge. And especially with community. When I remember the first few months after I quit my job, I read that the average age of an entrepreneur in Manhattan or New York city is 45 years old and I'm 26. So I was feeling like, Oh, there's gotta be no one who could understand what I'm going through. But you're right. Yeah. Once you start actually trying and you kind of cut that excuse out and you you get uncomfortable introducing yourself to people or going to networking events. There's actually a lot of people that are available as a support system there. Wow. Yeah. So support is everything. Community is everything. And it just maybe takes a little bit longer or time and, and focus to find it. But once you find it, it feels so much better. That is yes. amazing. So <laughs> yeah. community online, community, you know, in person, it's so, so important. So yeah. um, before we kind of end this, I know we, we talked about this before we started recording for everyone listening, but I want to know your biggest fitness <laughs> pet peeves that you see online. Is it the oh my gosh. building workouts? Is it the 30 day <laughs> quick fix things? Like what right now is a trend that you just see and you just roll your eyes because from experience and as a personal trainer and in your expertise, you're just like, this is nonsense. I want to know. Cause I love these yeah. I'm so glad you're asking me this. Cause I feel like I can have a list of stuff that just drives <laughs> me absolutely bonkers. Um, the number one thing I think just makes it irks me is when I see fancy treadmill workouts of people doing like side shuffles or like booty bands on the treadmill. I just, Oh my God. Oh man. stuff. it's, <laughs> I cannot, I can't when I see these. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. I would probably get injured. Yes. I don't know how this is. Is it because it looks quote unquote cool? I have no idea. Is it the secret to building your butt? No, I'm just <laughs> like, this is so complicated, but I get why it looks cool because it does, but, and it goes viral, but I think it gives a misconception for people and then they go and try it and it's a hot mess. Yeah. And I think too, you talk a lot about just sticking to the basics and simple. I think people think, oh, I have to do something new and crazy to change my body. But actually, if you just follow a really simple science-based strength training program, you're going to see much faster results, much better results in your health than if you do any of these crazy, you know, new workouts that are trending on Instagram. Agreed. I know. And it's something that irks me too, but I think it's just people need to learn it is they bounce from workout plan to workout plan or from fad to fad. And then they wonder why they're not seeing the results they want. And I keep saying, you know, there's a reason why, for example, in powerlifting meets, they only squat bench and deadlift. There's a reason why those three movements have not changed for years and years. If you mm -hmm. stick to the basics, you understand, you know, progressive overload, how to get stronger, you're going to see changes in strength in your body. So I just, I wish people 
would realize that, but I guess you don't realize it until you do it and see results. So it's whole, mm-hmm. whole another thing. It's so much one of those things you have to grow through to understand. And that's okay too. And I don't expect all my clients to understand that immediately. You know, it's an experience and a journey and you have to meet people where they're starting. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's something else just on the topic of, you know, fads and all these things is I see people do maybe it's what irks me is the way they title it, but it's like the best ever booty building workout. Mm-hmm. And it's like bridges with bands and, and all these things, which I understand, like there's a time and place for glute activation, but there's also a difference between <laughs> glute <laughs> activation and yeah. building a butt, like putting yeah. your, <laughs> your glute. So I'm just like, there, there's, it's setting the tone, I think, for women to think, oh, if I just do bridges for 20 minutes at home with a band, I'm going to get super strong legs. And like I said, it's, it's the misconception of information, I believe, which is given. There's a time and place for glute activation mm-hmm. and there's a time and place for squats and deadlifts and things like that. So something that just drives me bonkers is just like these glute activation workouts, which aren't necessarily meant to build your butt. And then mm-hmm. women get confused. Yeah, it's so true. It's sort of like the time and the place, like those, those bands, all of that work is important, but it's not necessarily going to be do five. Yeah. Do 20 reps and then you're done. Now you have a butt. Or even (laughs) if you did it every day for 30 days, you're probably not going to grow your butt doing that. But I think that I try to take a more holistic approach with a lot of my clients and talk about the importance of like the dynamic warm up, the mobility, like you still need to do banded exercises, low resistance exercises for so many reasons and to prime you to lift heavy. So it's like you see this info on Instagram or wherever and it's not wrong. It's just not right. It's not right. in the right place. It's not lined up right. It's not the full picture, it, which I yeah. think is the most confusing thing. If yeah. just, where It's like, how do you put all these puzzle pieces together? And that's the thing too I talk about a lot is – you know, obviously uh, getting a coach will help you understand the, the quote unquote right way or, or more scientific way to do things as opposed to a lot of people will just go and see all these free Instagram videos, which are great. You know, I love to post Instagram videos, but you can only really get so much from these, inf- like these videos and this free content. You don't know, you know, your ideal program for your body. That's where you need, you know, a professional to actually help you. And I really, obviously not just because I am one of those people and so are you. We, we believe in what we do, obviously, and our clients see results, but I just don't want people to just go after all this free content and get frustrated because they're not seeing results. Yes. And we need to, I think it's important to understand what is a free video on Instagram compared to what an actual program and coaching can give you. That's so important. Yeah. And I think that just goes along with taking that next step and it might be scary, but of people realizing how much they can level up and learn about themselves if they invest the time into one person or one source of information where they can really focus on them and their body and their particular, you know, what their goals are rather than, yeah, every single person on Instagram is training with completely different goals also. So Mm -hmm. the rep ranges they're doing are probably not what you should be doing. It just, it's all, everyone has different goals. So if you're getting, if you're collecting and crowdsourcing information, yeah, it's, it's really, you're not going to see results because it's not going to be consistent enough or tailored to your goals. Yeah. I love it. I love, 
I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> I love you too. You're giving real information here. There needs to be more people like you. So this okay. is amazing. So before we close off, can you let everyone know, because I know people are obsessed with you now, <laughs> where can we find you in the online space? Where can we go to follow you, to find you, maybe join your programs or just be inspired by you? Yes, of course. So I'm on Instagram as smalletics. So that's the word small E T I C S. It's basically a, a combination of the word small and athletics. And then, um, at smalletics.com, you can find my program, my fitness program. Um, and I'm also on YouTube. Amazing. And so I'll be sure to put everything in the show notes so people can just kind of click and easily find you. And before we end this, what let's, let's leave some major inspiration for people listening what advice would you give to a female listener who just isn't feeling confident in general right now? What advice would you give her to like right now she can get up and what could she do? I would say to take action, to not sit and wait anymore in your own thoughts, to just get up. Don't even think about all the stuff that could talk you out of what you're doing. Put on the clothes, and go do that activity. It doesn't even have to be, you know, like we said, it doesn't have to be fitness, but take that action on that thing that you want to do. Because after doing it, after you get through the discomfort, you feel so freaking amazing. You feel empowered. You're just ready to do it again. But it does take just like standing up and just walking out the door and getting it done despite all of the fear and the kind of discourage, discouraging emotions that you're feeling. Amen. I love it. All right, guys. So I hope you loved this conversation and this episode. Please give us a review and some stars if you loved it. And maybe let me know if you want April to come on again. I feel like we can talk for hours and (laughs) hours. And if you're listening, screenshot and post in your story on Instagram and tag us. We would love to see if you're listening and we'd love to maybe share your story in our story. We love to feature everyone. So thank you guys for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.